Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Russ, and it is a beautiful morning <clears throat> here in Maine. And, uh, boy, I tell you, it's just the sky, there's not a cloud, the sun's out, birds are chirping. It's, it's literally a perfect day. I, uh, I had my first lazy day in a long time. I can't remember. My wife, we were getting ready for bed. My wife's like, I don't think you've just kind of chilled out like that <laughs> in three years. Um, I woke up yesterday and I stayed home. I didn't go to the gym. Um, well, I know. I know everybody just, I'm okay. I promise. I stayed home and laid in bed with my wife and, you know, we did the, uh, the stuff and the, <laughs> <laughs> we so uh spent time with my daughter all day yesterday just played with ada all day i got work done got my meetings done got a bunch of phone calls done we've got a really exciting new business that i'm not going to talk about yet uh but yeah we got another business being added to the list of businesses I don't even know I'm keeping track of everything now, but uh, I was talking to this guy that does, you know, uh, a certain kind of type of uh, generation funnels and stuff like that <clears throat> for a while yesterday, and just a lot of exciting stuff happening. But anyways, I just like I didn't, you know, I wasn't pacing around the house like I was. I was actually able to just relax. It was a rainy day, you know. It was rainy yesterday, and I just coddled with my dog and my wife and my kid and. Um, had my first like lazy rest day in a while and it felt good I feel good today I was having aches all over my body like behind my knee from Muay Thai doing knees hurt my elbows hurt my left forearm has been killing me both my wrists um, I'm just feeling it because I'm pushing myself so hard you know I've been doing two a days <laughs> you know everybody's like what are you training for I'm like I don't know but when it happens, I'll be ready. <laughs> when it happens, I'll be ready. You know what I'm saying? Um, but no, I've uh, I've been training really hard, and I've been working really, really hard. And uh, it was nice to just take take a day. So I wake up today, and the sun's just shining. You know, I'm gonna. Um, <clears throat> The little chickens, my new Wyandots or whatever you call them, Wyandots, Wyandote, Wyandote, uh, are going to be going outside. So I can't remember how I ingratiated uh, my other chickens into the outside world. They got to just let them out. Said figure it out. So that's probably what I'll do with these ones. They've been outside a couple times, but under my supervision. But they're pretty big now. They're pretty big. Um, <clears throat> so it's high time they got out and uh, experienced the real world. What the oh, shit? There's a police officer. Is he following me? Oh, I'm like, <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Hold on. There's this little cashier in there. She reminds me of. Um, Uh, what's the actress's name? She kind of looks like uh, what's her face from Silence of the Lambs? <clears throat> Clarice. That's who she, she looks like. She's like this little tiny, adorable thing. Probably, 
she would be 23, 24, maybe. She's probably younger than that. And uh, she uh, just, I, I like to make people feel good. She she got a new haircut. Like, she has, like, bang bangs. Like, Uma Thurman. She looked like, uh, she had Clarice's face, but Uma Thurman's hair from Pulp Fiction. Boom. That's exactly what it was. Like, oh, I like your hair. It looks good. Got this big smile on her face. She's all shy. She's looking down. It's just, just cute. But, um, <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, the reason why I'm saying this is, uh, other than just being nice to people, is I, she's like, how are you? <laughs> and one of these days, I just want to, like, look at somebody dead in their eyes and just be like, I am in extreme duress. <laughs> please, please help me. <laughs> For no good reason. There's no reason anybody should do that, but I want to, so... <laughs> that's the story of my life there's no good reason anybody should do this but I want to anyways I gotta put it there you go Pat there's another t-shirt <laughs> Pat uh, one of the guys that listens to this there's two Pats that listen pretty religiously so Pat S was like uh, he sends me quotes that should be put on t-shirts from the podcast <laughs> that's what right there there's no good reason anybody should do this, but I want to anyways. Um, yeah, so Zins, Zins, uh, Pat, uh, no, so Pat P, no, wait, Pat, Pat P told me about the t-shirts. He, he, he's been, uh, no, Pat S, Pat M, Pat S's t-shirts, Pat M uh, turned me on to on, owns, owns it, something O-N, Instead of Zins, I don't know. I gotta give them a try. But uh, I was doing um, some reading last night on how nicotine can actually reduce brain inflammation. They have these concentrated pouches. There's no tobacco in these Zins, right? It's just straight nicotine, from what I understand. This might be the best uh, administration method. So all my nick, all my, uh, I think I almost said a slur. All my nick guys. <laughs> We're getting real close, Mike. <laughs> getting real close. Which I'll say the word because I can say whatever I want. You know what I mean? You're not going to police my language. But just out of respect for some of my African-American listeners, I'm obviously not going to drop the N-bomb on, on the podcast. But it came real... All my Nick guys. All my nicotine pals. Let's just stay away from it altogether. Scared! All my nicotine guys. <laughs> Uh, Zins, and then the other ones, pouches. Uh, that might be the best method. You don't have to smoke anything. You don't have to have nasty chew spit. Which, you know, there's something to be said. Like, I think I'm going to save Grizzly for, like, occasions like chopping wood, sitting by the fire, hunting. You know, that's when you, that's when you pack some Grizzly. But you're on your way to the gym in the morning. You don't want to have tobacco spit in your beard. And you don't want to drink your tobacco spit on accident like I did Saturday. This is a great alternative. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about before, so it couldn't have been particularly important. Um, uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's just how nice it was. All right, a rest day. So, it's yeah, I think it's really important to have those rest days. And like I said, I've been telling you guys I'm, I'm going to take two days and completely disconnect from the world. Two full days. 
my mind just keeps going back to when my wife and I went to Miami uh, right after I lost, well, parted ways with the insurance company and, and right before we lost our baby. Um, that was that was such a necessary disconnect for me. And that's where I got all my business ideas from. Like, I can remember that was the first time I read The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. And, it, it, dude, it, that book changed my life. That changed my if anything, it taught me to just take things way less seriously and play everything as a game. I was talking to a very close friend of mine uh, yesterday, Ella, uh, who's just this. She's just an amazing young young lady. She she when I she's one of the first people I met. Diana was number one. I met her in the uh, the old office, and then I met Ella. I went to this place called Blythe and Burroughs, <clears throat> and I was looking for an assistant. And Ella was my bartender. And just, she's got this bubbly, just awesome personality. I'm like, dude, you're going to come work for me. So she ended up being my assistant for close to a year. Um, just like my improve, like Rachel is my executive assistant. She's number one. Uh, but Ella helped me a lot with some of the, like Rachel can't go get my dry cleaning. You know what I mean? So Ella helped me with a lot of stuff when I was here. Um, well, while, when I was working in Portland. And then we just became very good friends. <laughs> And um, she, uh, you know, was just telling me about some of her struggles with people out in New York City. And uh, just like roommates, you know, typical just stuff that young people go through, right? You know, roommates not paying rent. This person's leaving shit all over the house and just yada, yada, yada. And, you know, what I was telling Ella, uh, two things, two important lessons that I want to impart on all of you today. 31 years into my life, I've had a lot of experience, um, and one of the toughest but best lessons I've learned recently was, it's funny, because you deal with things, your like, life tries to teach you the lesson over and over and over again, and it's not, sometimes we just get taught this, we don't learn the lesson, it just happens to us, happens to us, and then finally we take a step back one day, and we're like, oh, okay, I get it now. For me... I'm a big control, and it's funny, I've had this conversation with a few people, I'm a big control freak. I need to control everything. It's just how I'm wired. I'm a fixer, I'm a solver. If something's wrong, I want to fix it. If something's incorrect, I want to get it corrected, right? Well, I can, I've got just about everything in my life controlled now, to a degree. You know, barring disasters. Um... The one thing that you'll never, I'll never be able to control and that you'll never be able to control is people. That's the one thing. In all my life, I've, you know, I, I know I can influence people. And you spend your, you know, you have a relationship with somebody and you do nothing but good to them and then they turn around and just basically try to poison you and kill you, right? And you know, you're good to people and they stab you in the back and you're good to people. They just, people do rotten things. And there's a couple lessons in this. Number one, the more time you spend worrying about what other people are doing, whether it's to you, around you, to other people, to themselves, the more unhappy you're going to be. I need you all to listen to what I just told you. The more time you spend worried about what other people are doing to you, other people, themselves, or the more unhappy you are going to be. 
you cannot control people. You'll never unless you've got slaves. And even then, you cannot. You can't really control them. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to let it go and understand that. Yeah, we can influence people. Hopefully, always positively. But that doesn't mean that people are always going to act the way that they should. In fact, they rarely do. And it boils down to this, and I've touched on this briefly a long time ago, but I want to revisit this concept. There is no incentive for integrity now. If you and I, I had chickens, and you had cows, and we lived in the Wild West hundreds of years ago, there's nobody around for hundreds of miles, and we'd have to get on the horse. It's a big deal, right? If I've got chickens and you've got cows and I want milk and you want eggs, we have an agreement, right? I give you eggs, you give me milk. And we have to be good to one another. I can't call your wife a fat whore. You know what I mean? And you can't steal my chickens. Why? Well, we're going to get into a fight. People are probably going to die, right? Because it's the Wild West. Your family are my family. It's just not going to be good. And that relationship's going to fall apart. What happens when that falls apart? You don't get eggs and I don't get milk. And we're both very unhappy. It's not like there's an egg store up the road. I'm the only one with eggs for hundreds of miles. You're the only one with milk for hundreds of miles. Now, this is obviously an oversimplification of the economic, social dynamic of these, you know, but you understand what I'm getting at. There's a high incentive for us to both treat each other well. And unfortunately, that's the problem with people. Is that people don't just treat other people well because they should. They often only treat other people well because they have to. Because of some perceived benefit from good behavior. Remember, adults are all just big kids. Remember... Adults are all just big kids. Many people never grow up. Many, most people never grow up. Most people do not mature. Most of the, listen to me, he, most people never grow out of being a child. When you start to look at people as little kids, this is what I've done. This is how I view the world. Until somebody proves to me otherwise, I look at every adult from 20 to 80 like a child. Like a little kid. And when you start to look at people like little kids, you're like, oh, I understand why this person is being a bad boy. (laughs) Why this person is being a bad girl. As much as I wish I could throw them over my lap and spank the shit out of them and correct the behavior, I can't because they're an adult and I'll go to jail, right? People, people, when they're little kids, they, they go through trauma and they never, it stunts their growth. It's like if, if you were a five-year-old and you were to break both of your legs, severely break both of your legs... That's going to affect you for the rest of your life. It's going to stunt your like your femurs. It's going to stunt your growth. It's going to, it's going to screw everything up for you. You're probably going to have hip and back problems for the rest of your life. That's most people emotionally. Most people emotionally and mentally get hurt somehow, some way, and they never grow up. So most people are little kids. 
meaning they need a cookie for good behavior. And if there's the problem now is there's cookies everywhere and they also give out cookies for bad behavior now. So my point is this, the easiest way I could probably describe this to you is relationships. You get with a guy, you've been dating for six months and you find out he cheats on you. Well, there's all you, you could download 15,000 different apps and meet a million girls in 30 days. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's, if, if we were together and we were in a village a couple hundred years ago, I'm the only 21-year-old boy. You're the only 19-year-old girl, dude. We're going to get married and we're going to stick with each other because we're the only ones for miles. Like, that's just how it is. Now there's options everywhere. So the incentive for integrity is very, very low. And the consequences for bad behavior are almost non-existent. So most people are not forced to be good and they're not de-incentivized to not be good. So you've got to stop worrying about other people and what they're doing. Because you're never going to be able to control them. You're never going to be, you can't correct people's behavior. You know, there's a few people that I would like to punch right in the jaw. I can't do that now. You know what I mean? No matter what they do or say to me, I can't punch them in the jaw because I'll get a felony. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. The world is soft, broken, and gay, and feminized. It sucks. So you've got to stop worrying about people. <clears throat> the more that your happiness is associated with people, the weaker you are. I want to say that again. The more that your happiness is associated with people, the weaker that you are. My happiness is not contingent on anybody in this life outside of my marriage. Nobody. Nobody. I like having you around. And would it hurt a little bit to lose some of my friendships? Absolutely. But I'm not going to be wallowing and despair and just it's just people give up all their power to other people especially people that don't deserve it especially people that don't deserve it your co-workers you give all this power to your co-workers you give all this power to your friends you give all this power to other people in your life your mom's treated you like shit for 20 years and you're still letting her get you upset it's like what you know and not my mom. My mom's amazing. My mom's a saint. My mom is the closest thing to a saint walking this earth. But I know a lot of people that don't have good relationships with their parents. And their parents have been shitty to them their whole lives. And here they're 30 years old and they're still getting upset by their parents. Cut them off. Easier said than done, but cut them off. Well, honor your mother and father. Sometimes honoring them is the best thing to do is not to talk to them. <laughs> it's just and siblings and close friends and you guys it's just you give all of your power away to these people that are treating you in such rotten ways when i talk to people when people come to me for counseling and advice and mentoring the number one antagonist is always people always people now, not, now listen, I'm not saying don't bring your people problems to me. we we got to solve these things. What I am saying is there has to, you have to learn to take the emotion out of it. 
I would rather have somebody come to me and say, this is what they usually sounds like, can you believe that so-and-so did this to me and I can't believe it? I'm like, yes, I can believe it. <laughs> so first off, calm down. Second of all, yes, I can believe it. The conversation should be, well, so-and-so did this, uh, and I'm very upset by it. Um, how can I prevent this from happening in the future? And what do you think the outcome of this relationship should be? That's a much healthier and more productive way to view the world. People are going to hurt you, man. People are going to hurt you. Whoops. Where the hell is my... Oh, there it is. I'm trying to find my windshield wiper fluid. I love this truck. I get it now. Country guys making songs about their trucks. Dude, I totally get it. I totally get it. I feel like me and this truck have a connection. I'm a, No joke. This thing just, I feel very, it's just, there's something about being in a truck that's very safe, that's very just this thing eats up the road. I'm higher than everybody else on the road, which I love, like looking down at you. <laughs> no, just kidding, sort of. But, uh, listen, people are going to hurt you. And again, I think if you just look at people like little kids, life becomes a thousand times better. Becomes a thousand times better. Because you're like, oh, I expected this. Now, I'm not saying that you should walk around with an angry scowl on your face, automatically expecting the worst from everybody. But you should smile. You should love people. You should give people chances. But you also shouldn't be surprised when people do what people do. Right? The other thing, since I'm stuck in this stupid traffic right now, where are you guys all going anyway? Um, the other thing is life is... I was having this conversation last night. Dude, life is hard, okay? People suck and life is hard. Those, the sooner you learn those two things, the, the, the better your outcomes are going to be in every single scenario. Now, I don't mean life is hard like the woe is me, life sucks, I should kill myself. I mean life is hard, and that's just a fact. Nobody has, there's no such thing as an easy life. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as an easy, and I, 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 I see young kids that are, you know, in their early 20s, just coming out of college, that I can see in the faces of many young people now, um, pain. And it's because you were sold a fairy tale. Well, <laughs> this is what I'm going to, so when I graduate, I'm going to go to New York University where I'm going to study to be a journalist and I'm going to work for Nat Geo and I'm going to take pictures and I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And I, I'm going to have a nice little apartment in New York City and I'm going to have a boyfriend and I'm going to have a nice coffee shop that I go to every morning. And then <laughs> you, you tell yourself this fairy tale and you get out into the real world and you get kicked in the sternum so hard you can't breathe. And you just see it in these kids' eyes, walking around. I talk to young men at the gym. They're all back at school now. But there's a lot of young men at the gym that have come up to me. You know, because they've seen the new cars and the Maserati. And, that's, and they just, they want to know what I do. 
And 90% of the time when I talk to these kids, there's a little bit of pain and fear in their eyes because they're just starting to hit the real world. And they're like, holy shit, nobody told us that this is what it's like. You get lied to. Teachers lie to you. Parents lie to you. And I don't think it's that parents lie to you. I think it's that they want the best for you, right? So they envision and give you an overly idealistic view of the future. And you can do whatever you set your mind to. This isn't a conversation of life is sucks, so you shouldn't have goals. No, it's you should have massive goals, but prepare for failure. It's mostly failure. It's mostly pain. Life is mostly failure and pain, even when you're highly successful, especially when you're highly successful. It's failure and pain. And if you avoid most failures and pains, guess what? People die. Your dog dies. Your friend dies. Grandma dies. Mom dies. Dad dies. Everybody dies. So it's like people get sick. There's car accidents. It's like life is very difficult. It is not easy. And the sooner you realize that and embrace it, the happier that you'll be. Because people, bad things happen and people are like, what am I doing wrong? Whoa. I'm like, dude, it's just, that's, yeah, this is part of the journey, bro. It's, this is normal. This is very normal. You didn't do anything wrong. I mean, there's some things we could correct. You know, you could have done this differently, this differently, but you're not going to prevent failure. Totally. And I would argue if you're not failing a lot, you're not trying hard enough. That's the thing. People try to create these little bubbles. They try to insulate themselves against failure by playing it safe. They lead lives of abject misery and unachievement. You know these people. I was watching this guy on TikTok and he talks to people about their cars. And I, I admit a lot of people make very stupid car purchases, vehicle purchases, idiots, way beyond their means. Because they got to look a certain way. Yeah, cool Dodge Challenger, bro. You got no money. You can't even buy a Starbucks coffee. And every single light's on in the dashboard, okay? But, you know, you listen to these guys like the Ramseys, and it's just, it's just so, it's just such average advice. You know what I mean? Paying your bills with envelopes, and what a miserable existence. Imagine. You know what I mean? It's like you got to have an envelope for each bill. And you and your wife, at the end of every week, you sit down and you have a budget meeting. And you talk about, well, how much money are we going to... It's just... That sucks just as much. And my, maybe that's where you're happy. I shouldn't hate on people for wanting safe lives. But I just... You get one. You get one shot at this. Why would you not want to be the best that you possibly could? Why would you not want to push the envelope? Speaking of envelopes, why would you not want to think and act outside the box? We get one shot at life. We get one. And it's like people play it so damn safe. And this is why these guys... That's why these guys, you know what midlife crisis is? Midlife crisis is you realize you played a life of safe and you've got a decent house and you've got decent vehicles and your kids go to college and you're like, oh, I'm going to die here in the next two decades and I really haven't, nobody, everybody's going to forget about me in a year. 
I better buy a Corvette. <laughs> That'll make them remember me. But you, you know what I'm saying? Like these midlife crises happen to guys that played it very safe and have done a decent job for themselves, but are staring down the barrel of a very average existence and a very average death. And I don't care how feminized you are. There's a warrior deep down in every single man. Down in there somewhere. It might be really deep. But it's down there. And that starts to wake up when it's been dormant for too long. And guys lose their shit. And start buying Corvettes. And, you know, just do it. They go all in on some crazy investment. Right, and then they go broke, you know, and it's like their wife divorces them because they spent all their money on a freaking timeshare or something. I, I, I don't know, but you got to take some risks. Life sucks, so why not make it fun? Why don't you make it the fun type of suck? You know what I mean? There's fun suck, and there's not fun suck. The fun suck happens. I well, let me use a different the the the. What I'm saying is this, is that if you impose your will on life, bad things are going to happen because you took risks. That's the fun type. War life can impose its will on you, and that's the not fun type. All right, got to get in here and meet John for an arm workout. Love you guys. Let's